Hello folks, welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host John Saxbury here with Bible Now. I'm going to turn on my mic. I'm here to talk to you today about Thanksgiving. I want to talk about with my Thanksgiving message. It's about being thankful, about being how to rest in, in the presence of God. How to come back to the presence of God where we're resting back into the presence of God. We live in a society that is totally full of anxiety riddled social media, it's because of everything, a fast-paced society is driven people to anxiety, it's driven people to depression, I mean, people are going, I mean, people are going nuts, because everything's a right now mentality, nobody, everybody forgot how to rest in the Lord, everybody forgot how to, how to give every, cast your cares upon him, it's about, it was, it's about trusting and knowing who he is as God, you know, I mean, and I understand there's people that battle with anxiety, they have battled anxiety from the wounds of their childhood. I'm not here to pick on anybody. I'm here to get, give you the answers, give you some answers and kind of give you some a way out, a door, a key to the door to open that door to go out of that place that you were trapped in. Because God always has the keys. He has the keys to everything in your life. This book has everything in your life. I mean, Genesis to Revelation, it's got it. I mean... These are your key. This is your key ring. This is the contract you signed with God. You know. And there's other reasons why anxiety could be brought on. Could be from trauma of your childhood. Could be from um, multiple things. I mean, school schools are full of anxiety. Kids in schools are full of anxiety because of all the stuff they're keeping. I mean, it, it influences in their lives. It's what they sow into these children's lives, and, and, and they're wondering why they have all these problems. I mean, we got to really pray for our school systems, and uh, pray for what, pray for God's grace to move upon that, and and kind of like get the power of God come in there to change it and bring in God, bring in godly people to administrate the school. Um, that's the, that's a big that's a big thing. Uh, the next thing is is just. People in church have forgotten how to just enjoy the things of the spirit. They're 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 bored with the things of the spirit because they've been entertained so long. It's just gotten to the point where they get bored with spiritual things. This newer generation they don't like anything where you're resting in the presence of God. Just close your eyes. I, I used to love to close my eyes in church. There's nothing like it. Just close your eyes, listen to the pastor, and be in that place of peace. Oh, we got to be awake. We got to be up, and we got to move. We got. It's like. Seriously, I mean, people have, I mean, people have complicated that which God has made simple, basically. I mean, go with me to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, and letting your requests be made unknown to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, and will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is Whatever is lovely, whatever whatever is commendable, 
if there be any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice those things, and the God of peace will be with you always. Talk to you about that. That message is right there, right dead on. Through prayer and supplication, learn to rest in the Lord. Stop trying to want everything now. You want it, everybody wants it now. You, now be thanking, get into that place of thanksgiving where you're giving all your thanks and all your praise to God. The problem is, is everybody's putting their, invested too much into the things of man and the things of the flesh. Where it's actually caused that, that's another that's another thing that's brought driven. It's caused it's caused anxiety. People do too much to feed the things of the flesh. They will not. They don't know how to surrender the flesh. That mindset. They don't know how to surrender that. They've never. It's a, it's, it's like there's a not the, the the problem in the church we have nowadays is there's a non-believers mentality in there. We're running church like a business. I mean seriously. You have to pay a sound crew, and, and you, have to, you can't go anything over 45 minutes with you for the message, and you can't go anything over 25 minutes for the worship because you got a sound crew, and you got a lighting company in there that you're pay, that, they're, that these churches are paying by the hour that just they're, they're that they that they're putting pressure on us. How long the things of God can go for? I have a big problem with that. I'm sorry. One that is a ministry position. Whether you're a sound man, whether you're a cameraman, whether you're a lighting person, those are ministry positions. They are not careers. They are not your job. That is not a job. That is not a career. People shouldn't make a career out of it. If you want to do that outside the church and work and do 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 work to support your family where you're out there doing sound audio engineer for like concerts and stuff, so be it. Do it by all means. But when it comes to the house of God, it should be a sacrifice. It should be an offering. These weekend warriors, they come in here, they want to get paid to do it. They want to get paid to be on the worship band. They want to be paid. Uh, they're, they're gouging pastors. One, this one I've heard of, it was it, it literally blew my mind. The guy was getting paid $2,000 a hit. $2,000 a gig of service. Uh, wanting $2,000 of service so he can play. I'm thinking, go on, get. We don't need you. We can have worship without you. We don't need we don't need your expert your concert piano skills or whatever what have you you want to call it. We don't need it. Seriously, we don't. We can do without it. We don't need these this this we gotta bring things back to the church the way it the way it needs to be. Back to the book of Acts. Were they were were they up there pressing for time on the day of Pentecost? No. They were up in the upper room for fifty days. Pressing into the things of God, waiting on the things of God. And I don't understand why the church can't get back to that. Church in America is is in the is in the gutter. I'm talk I'm sorry, I hate to say this, but it is. Bishop David Oya Depot, his church runs twelve hours. Church service runs twelve hours. People can't get enough of it. They love resting in the presence of God. That's because that's the only thing that they have in life. Problem is the church people in the church are too spoiled, and they need to get off their rear end and get back into the things of God. Stop, stop playing around. Stop playing games. 
I mean, ministry is ministry is not a game. You you got lives at stake. You got people who's who needs to be fed with spiritual food. So you got churches that are out there feeding stale bread to the congregants. They they don't they're preaching something that's dead and religious because they can't find it on their own. They can't come up with it on their own. So they're finding something from some other religious dead end. They couldn't you couldn't make it either, ministry. So they're trying to sponge off them, where they're trying to put something together, and, and it's getting it's half baked. We've got to get back in the things of God. Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving about? It's not a holiday for one. It's a mandate from God. We have to be in Thanksgiving twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. That's Thanksgiving. It ain't just one Thursday in November. It's every day of our life. We have to be in that place of Thanksgiving. It's a place with God where you're resting with God, where you're in that secret place, and where you're when you're in the shadows of the the shadows of Almighty God, where the power of God's so bright the enemy can't see you. Because you're in there giving thanks and praise unto our God and allowing your praises to go up. And you're resting in him. And you're not worrying about everything else. The Bible says not to worry about any of those things. The things of this world will all pass away, the Bible says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not. I mean, we've got to quit thinking we have to rush things through. Oh, well, we've got to worry about the finances of operating this during the day. Don't worry about the finances. If God has truly ordained that church, you don't have to worry about it. You step out and just forget about it. The finances follow you. Our finances don't rule us. We rule it. That's the problem. That's another thing is that, that, that America we've gotten. Is just people are so strung out on money, it's unreal. They, put, they let money rule their life. Money will never rule my life ever. Not now, not ever, not up until the day I die. It will not rule my life. I mean, what is the other part about saying about this? Easy. We'll go with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Part of Thanksgiving is, is not surrendering to the flesh, living by the things of the Spirit. And I'm going to show you. It's through the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we, it, we, it's, it's ridiculous how churches have gotten. It's like they, if you think you're walking into a nightclub half the time. They're too busy entertaining people. When the, the Spirit of God moves, they don't want none of that because it requires us to rest and stay there for a while and stay in the presence of God. I mean, what happened to the days that the meetings used to go? The, the meetings used to go till midnight, two o'clock, sometimes even four o'clock in the morning. I mean, seriously, what happened to that? What what caused people to stray away from the power of God like that? I just it's it's something that just totally gets me inside and it grieves my spirit because I know it grieves God. I know I'm trying. I know I'm. I know where I'm hitting on this. I'm hitting a raw nerve with a lot of people, and I'm glad I'm hitting that raw nerve. That nerve needs to be hit. One thing I've learned in the past couple weeks, 
There may be it's sometimes when your pastor hits you, a preacher hits you a raw nerve. That's because it's supposed to be there. Like when you got a burn, they got a severe burn victim. They scrub on that until they're until you're starting to feel pain. They're scrubbing all that pus and stuff and all that burnt up stuff. You're feeling pain where you're actually feeling that raw nerve. So you get them nerves working and you get that healed up. That's what the pastor's job is to do, you know. I mean, my pastor's wife preached a message a couple weeks ago that got me. And then my pastor, the, the other, the associate pastor, preached something. That, I mean, that's what it's for. It's the, it's the, it's the touch on the things that need to be touched on. What are we supposed to do? Just keep sweeping it under the rug? I mean, I could sugarcoat this thing. It wouldn't be the truth. I mean, people, people have got forgotten. I mean, this is not some, it's not, a, it's the church is not there. It's not a microwave. The church is an oven. It's a slow-cooked oven. It's a crock pot, basically. Give you if that'll give you any idea, the church is like a crock pot. Turn on low and slow and let the juices come out of it. Let what's inside start to sweat out and start to come out and produce to soften our hearts to make it to, to make it where we're, when we cook when God cooks it it cooks it to the to perfection and that and that it's like a thing of it's like if you put in a chuck or a round steak inside of a crock pot and you let that thing sit in that water all day on low, by 7 o'clock, if you put that in there like at, say, 5 o'clock, Lord Lord Jesus, put that thing in there at 5 o'clock in the morning, by 7 o'clock that thing's falling apart. And it's like, oh, I mean, heaven in your mouth. That's how God wants his church. This is his microwave mentality has got to go. The problem is, is the church is infusing anxiety. Hurry up, let's get this thing over with so we can be out the door. It's creating a mentality of my, of anxiety. And pastors don't even know it, and the enemy's just sitting back. <laughs> I mean... Worry about the finances later. Worry about whatever. Let people sit and bask in the presence of God. One thing I say about Pastor Josh and Tori, they love the presence of God. They don't care if they gotta if it's gotta take an hour and a half to two hours to get the message across. They're and they're and they're gonna rest in the presence of God and they're gonna get the message out there. Whether people get aggravated or not. They don't tolerate entitlement. They don't tolerate favoritism. They don't tolerate any of that garbage that goes on in being student churches. Because they've seen what, ha what it does. They've seen what it did to their family when people were bringing it in. And thank God my pastor put it out the door. Pastor Rick put it out the door when he did. Because this, it's not needed in the church. I mean, the Bible says my house would be a house of prayer would be made into a den of robbers and thieves. It's people basically using the house of God for their own benefit. This is not a game. I mean, there's, there's going to be time I wish I could just come on here and just stay on all day and preach to you all day. 
I mean, there's 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 a time limit I have. It said in that time limit because I got this podcast. If it wasn't for that podcast going fifty minute, fifty five minutes, sometimes I've been thinking consider just to overlap it and just do lap over on this on the broadcast. But we got to rest in the things of God. We've got to calm down. People in the church are too high strung. They don't know how to calm their, their things right now. You know, all the worship's all flashy and getting people stirred. It's like they got to be dancing faster and faster. And the song's going to go faster and faster and faster and faster. And people are just going to be. And then it's like, it's like, wait, wait, what happened here? What happened? My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath and all that I have, let it never cease to worship you. I mean, people... We've gone from, I mean, yeah, there's some praise songs that do, that do lots of, but it's, sometimes it's, if you think about what they're saying in the words, it's like they just, they're, 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 in a, they're in a rush to get this out of here, and it's going too, and it's like, wait, what happened to this resting in the presence of God? I mean, I understand we got a younger generation, but the generation will, will adapt eventually. If we change things up, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna help. They, they will adapt. These kids are hungry. They want the things of the spirit. They're not wanting garbage. They're not wanting half baked garbage. They want something real. These, that's why they're out doing drugs because they want to feel something. They want to see if they can feel something in their lives. That's that's altering their lives. That's why they're going out doing drugs. That's why you got teenagers. Going out there drinking. I, I was that teenager. If I could go back and talk to that teenager, I would be saying, look, this is not where life is. This is not what life's all about, son. This is not about getting drunk and not living a fast-paced life and not trying to catch it. You've got to rest in the things of God. People have forgotten what part of thank. I mean, that's a big thing in thank with Thanksgiving. People, it's a holiday. Going to a holiday, which I saw a thing on Facebook, which cracked me up, which is sad but true. It says people will sit down one day and be thankful for what they don't, what they do have. But the next day they're fighting with their for what they don't have on Black Friday. And that is so true, and that's so much in the church. That kind of mentality has been in the church for for the past fifteen or so years. They're doing one thing one day and the next day they're out doing this. They don't know how to have persistency in their life. We're lacking persistency. Being a thing being with the spirit of thanksgiving is having persistency in our faith, having persistency in our worship, having persistency in our word, and being in the things of God, in the presence of God. People think stepping into the presence of God is going to church. You're dead wrong about that. 
You're not to step out to the presence of God. Oh, well, I'm going to step into the presence of God in church. That's, that's, that's hogwash. You should never step out of the presence of God. You should carry the presence of God with you. How are other people going to know Jesus when you don't, when you're not into the presence of God? When you're not, when you're stepping out of the presence of God like that, you've got to be based in the presence of God. You've got to stay in that place. You've got to stay in that secret place of the Most High God, where God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our shelter. He's our fortress. Where all we have to do is rest in Him and be and be glad and give thanksgiving unto Him. And sit in that place with him where we're, we're, where we're taking and communicating and living and dwelling in the presence of God to the point where nobody sees you anymore. They see God in you. We've got to come back to that. I understand this at the wrong nerve with a lot of people. I don't care. I'm glad it does. It's supposed to. Like a sermon. Somebody gets out of service and a pain, severe pain. Hey, you're supposed to feel that pain. Sometimes you got to feel a little bit of pain to realize what you're doing is you're screwing up. I mean, it's it's got it's it's the church church needs to understand. Forgot what Thanksgiving is all about. It ain't just sitting down and feeding your face with turkey and pie. It's about resting in the things of God. You know, I'm just talking about in Galatians chapter 5. You know. Oh, this is good. This is talking about the whole thing. You know. For brethren, we have called been called unto liberty, not only used liberty, but for an occasion to the flesh, but by love to serve one another. For the word, for for all the law is filled in one word. Even the, in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But bite that devour another, take heed you not consume. Then I say this, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit is against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But be led by the spirit. You all you are not under the law. Now which is the works now which is the works of the flesh are manifest which these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lavishness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, emulations, wrath, strife, sedations, that's, that's smoking marijuana and, do, and drinking, sedations, heresies, I mean, believing false doctrine, these people, these teachers, where they're announcing all sin is sin, where they're all sin and all sin is equal. There's no equal sin. I mean, they, there's there's certain sins that are just more severe that God considers more severe because you've given yourself over to a reprobate mind. It doesn't mean you're okay to sin. 
that basically gives people a license and these creatures couldn't keep these people at. Envious, murders, drunkenness. Yeah, there's drunkenness. There's drunkenness is against revelings and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they will they they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So just deal about these people trying to justify smoking marijuana, you better think again, because it's right here. It is written. It is written. It is written. Well, we, we all struggle with things. We're just all, you're not entitled to nothing for one. You've never been entitled to anything. Never once did the scripture say that you're entitled to something. When, we, when you become born again, everything that you're entitled to is crucified. 2,000 years on that cross on Calvary. You became crucified with Christ. It's not I, but Christ that lives within you. It means you don't live for the things of the flesh. You don't desire those things. I mean, people are totally screwed up. You can get some jackass in the pulpit that tries to justify it by saying, oh, all, all, we all sin, and all sin is sin, and so... You know, we're all going to sin. I mean, what? Listen to yourself talk. Hear yourself. Hear what you're saying. Hear what you're feeding these people. This bunch of crap you're feeding people? I mean, seriously. But the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance against such there is no law. That means those fruit, those that means a lot of that, a lot of those fruits and the, the fruits of the spirit. What you do with the fruits of the spirit is have to do with patience, peace, resting in Him, enjoying, and allow, and for the, the goodness of God comes out that attracts others and creates a good flavor in the in the mouth of the unbeliever. I mean, you don't want some half-baked Christian up there trying to minister to him. I mean, something that is ruled by the flesh. I mean, their flesh rules them. I mean, people that are mocking God, and you're supposed to be okay with that? I mean, meekness, temperance, such as this, there is the law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Again, they have crucified the flesh. Everything that you think you're entitled to, they have crucified. They are, if those are in Christ, you're truly born again. You have crucified all that stuff in you. You've crucified every bit of it. It's not our ways, but his ways. It's not our understanding. Lean not upon, people say, oh, it doesn't make sense to me. All that worship doesn't make sense. Well, all the falling on the floor and rolling on the floor and people laughing. It, and people laying hands on people and people falling. Oh, that just don't make sense to me. It ain't about what makes sense to you. Just lean not upon your own understanding. It's, it means it, it. It means the just, and it, it the just shall live by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith alone. It's not about what we can see. It's not about what makes sense to us. we got to throw out what makes sense to us. I mean, 
what makes the, 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 this thing, the thing of trying to make sense of everything is the most stupidest thing in the face of the earth. Well, it just don't make sense to me. It just don't make sense. That's because you're fleshly. You're not born again like you think you are. I mean, I hate to say this, but we, where Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, and let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. I mean, people that are trying to start crap with people who are unhappy with their own lives, so they try to sow it, sow what they have in their own life into others. You gotta stay away from those people. You gotta cut them loose. That's not Thanksgiving. I mean, that, that, that robs your place of peace with God being with people like that. They want to. They're always trying to look for a way to take you out. That is a. That's a lust of the flesh. That is being controlled by your flesh. I mean, we, we're not supposed to live, but the Bible also says those who shall be, they, the, their flesh shall rule them not. People say, well, I'm, I'm entitled the way I feel. I'm entitled to live my own opinion. How dare you say I'm not entitled to thinking, what? Where do you come up with this? Where do you come up with this stuff? I mean, what cracker, Jack's box, did you get your theology from? I mean, seriously. I mean, we've got to wake up. I mean, this is part of revival. How is this part of revival? It has got a big thing to do with revival. It's about waking people up from their crap. People quit playing games in the church and get, get down to the business of winning people, winning souls. I mean, they try to put on this big production, but don't, they, they do nothing to draw the people in. We don't want nobody else coming in. We don't want nobody saying this. We got to... We gotta keep shut. We gotta keep it. We don't want it on broadcasted live on Facebook Live or nothing because we don't want anybody knowing what's going on in here. Because we want to keep it just to ourselves. We're not to keep it to ourselves. We're to pour it out. Jack Harris, my spiritual father. I mean, he said it perfectly. When you're building others, you're building the kingdom of God. You're pouring out. Because you pour it out, you gotta pour it out. Keep pouring it out. It ain't about what you keep in and, and stockpiling. Well, I, 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 I was part of this ministry. I was part of that ministry, and I was part of this ministry, and that ministry there, and I was in, in the leadership in that ministry, and I was doing that. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I was, I was get in the pulpit and sit it up there on the stage for the pastor for a couple, for a couple months. They had the privilege of doing it. They, they said, well, we, we're just going to have the worship team do it. They want to make it the job of the worship team. That way it's quicker it's, it's quicker to get done and it's up and out, it's up and done before they leave the stage. No big deal. Do I walk around with a badge? Well, look what I am doing. Look at this. Look at my badge. Here, I'll get just a belt buckle. Look at my badge. Look at my badge. Look what I did. Look, here's another badge. I was in part of this ministry, too. I was in that ministry. I did this. And this is my this is, this is is my place here. I mean, if I told you who I was with, I mean, I've known people in the past, but I don't use it like a badge. 
I could care less about it. Oh, look what my, uh, I was part of the 51 steps of the 32 ways. Was in five of the treat, retreats and went to all the meetings, bought all the books and did all, read all, listened to all the tapes and look at me. I'm superior. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Look at this badge. Look at that. And then people are, the, and they, they think this is so wonderful and it's not. I mean, this is not, this is, that's, that's far from the truth. My pastors, I love them. You know? I mean, they wanted to make things efficient. Hey, I'm on board. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. They want to make, there's, there's things that you got to do wisely, too. God said they got to use your own wisdom. When running a ministry, you got to use some things efficiently because you just got to try to do things more gracefully. You know, because it's putting too much. There's sometimes that there's too many, too much clutter in the way, and it, it, it gets in, it clogs up things. So what? So be it. You know, my way, uh, the way I was looking at it, God's testing me. A lot of other persons would have gotten offended. Well, I'm entitled to do that. You don't know how long I've been in this church. In this church, twenty plus years, and I and, and I should be. I should. You know, I shouldn't be. If they had me, if Pastor Josh had said, "Hey, John, I want to do. I want you to do something after church for me. And this is going to be your position around here." I'd say, Pastor, what is that? I want you to take those trash cans and, and make sure they're all empty before you leave. I'm kidding. I love it. Hey, I need you to do me a favor. Before you leave church, walk around the aisles and kind of pick things up. If you see the, make sure the envelope cards, the, the, the prayer cards and the envelopes are put back in the seat pockets that, that spell out, that's our money and we want to be, be wise with God's money. Make sure they're put back for me. Hey, John, how about you go out there and greet people when they're coming in? Just stand out there and just say hello to people when they're coming in. Hey, I'm game. Bring it. Bring it. Because I get to pour it back out. See what I'm saying? We, we, don't, we need to learn how to rest in God, pour it back out into other people's lives, and be anxious for nothing. Don't let things get to you. Don't get yourself getting offended when things happen. Sometimes God has to change things up just to see how you're going to react. I just love God. He doesn't change, but he, he changes us through things and, and mixes things up. Sometimes he'll, put, he'll, he'll throw a bug in something just to see how we react. It's all, it's all good. We forgot what it's like to be true servants in the house of God. We've forgotten how to rest in God. We forgot that we forgot how, about how how important it is to just marinate ourselves in God and stay in that presence. We we don't, we don't go stepping into the presence of going to church to step in the presence of God. We should have the presence of God twenty four seven with us. And a lot of churches have missed it big time. 
they made a big corporation out of it, too busy trying to be corporate when they're, when they're missing this whole mark. I can name 500 churches across this country right now, but I'm not going to. Just with the garbage alone that they, they were getting. The problem that a lot of the problem with churches too, when you're dealing with churches, you got people coming in from other churches with diseases they caught from other places. You got rotten fruit in that church, man, and somebody gets up and leaves. Most likely they're going to take the rotten fruit that was in that bad church and try to bring it into that other church and try to say, oh, look at this, isn't this good? No, 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 not good. Got to get rid of it. Got to change things up a bit. Get rid of some of this rotten fruit. Prune that vine. Let God be the vine dresser when you come in there. My, my suggestion is if somebody's new to a church, and you want you want to get a ministry position, my best my best get my best suggestion and my best advice is sit down in that pew for five years. Because nobody cares about your talents. Nobody cares. It's not you're not there for your talents and your gifts. You're not there to be professional and all this other stuff. You want to be on a worship team? Sit in the presence of God for a couple of years. Sit and sit and get a hold of the vision. Sit there and, and bask in the things of God. Let God push that thing. And just these people pushed and pushed and pushed for the things of God. There's just it's something that's supposed to that God wants to take his time with them in, and they're trying to rush it and trying to be this big professional production, trying to trying to be the number one. And this is not competition in it. I mean, I mean, I know this is probably making a lot of people mad, but so what? I don't care, man. It's the truth. It's the word of God. Amen. I feel the presence of God strongly. This is like this cup. Pastor Vance, I mean, you can hold 24 ounces or you can hold an eternal well. All about what you're willing to pour out. we got to get filled up with the anointing and come there and get, pour, get poured out as our filling station so that we stay in the presence of God when we do it throughout the week. And that's what sustains us through the week. I mean, we've got to get, we've got to come back to that place, folks. We've got to quit. we got to quit playing games. Pastors have got to seriously wake themselves up. <laughs> or have somebody wake them up. Because you're heading down a wrong way straight. You're dead end straight to your ministry, and it's eventually going to come to a crash. I hate to see that. I don't want any ministry to crash. I don't want to see any church not lie fold up. I don't see churches needing to explode and out of nowhere. We need churches. We need churches bad. We need. We don't have enough churches in America. It's the problem. We need pastors raising up churches. We need pastors full of the Holy Ghost and with the fire of God that's going to take and burn everything out of people. That that fire that they go that, that they carry on them goes out into the congregation and they pour it out on their congregation. We need fire-breathing pastors. We need people that are, that are in tune with the things of God. They have a hunger for revival. Pastors aren't hungry and you can forget it. The pastor's not hungry and he's full. 
But anyway, I gotta get going. I'm hungry. I need to get my daughter up in a little bit. And I'll see you, see you tomorrow, okay? Love you. God bless you. This is a production of Saxbury International Revival Ministries. For more information on our ministry, please email me at revivalistjfs3 at gmail.com or call my, the number. It's 636-368-6490. Thank you. God bless you. Richly.